Um, I'm going to dive into the word this evening. While I was away last week, I was busy with God every morning. And, um, you know, there was one theme that the Lord was working with me on. And, you know, when I got back this week, I sort of shared a few things with the staff. And I just felt I wanted to roll that over into this evening. And so I'm going to be speaking tonight. Let's just dive in. And we'll call it what it is at the end of the service. (laughs) Matthew 7 verse 15. Matthew 7 verse 15. These next 10, 10 verses in this chapter are very alarming. We're only going to read five of them together, and then I'll tell you what precedes these verses, and then talk about where we are this moment in the, in the church. It says in Matthew 7, 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. I want you to understand something, that a false prophet is someone that has an inward motive. Inside their heart, something has gone wrong. More than likely, they didn't start that way. Most of the time, someone who is a false prophet that isn't like blatantly false. In other words, when I say blatantly false, a false prophet that is blatantly false false would be a fortune teller. Or a, you, you understand what I'm saying? A fortune teller is someone that is operating with divine power that's divinity and not the divine power of God. It's, 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 it's demonic power. That's what it is. So they blatantly false, and we can see that. But when we're in the church, oftentimes, unfortunately, especially today, we have to be aware of the fact that there are false prophets out there. And I'm not here this evening to criticize anybody or point a finger at anybody, and I have nobody in mind when I'm sharing this with you. It's not like I'm thinking of that guy who I'm going after this evening. That is not the case at all. God has been, when God speaks to me, he's talking to me about, you better watch out, boy. Do you understand? And so the message is clear for me, and the message is clear for you. Because of technology today, you have at your exposure and available to you 24 hours a day, you can listen to preachers and and prophets and evangelists and apostles and whoever they are, whatever they are, all over the world at any time. And you have to be cautious of what you listen to because it has the potential to harm you. But at the same time, this evening, it's so important for me to try and bring a balance. But I wanted to start the evening out by warning you that there are false prophets out there. And they are drawing people in because in their hearts, they've become ravenous wolves. In other words, their motives for what they are doing generally have to do with self-gain. Some form of self-gain. Now, understand something. This is important this evening. There is no way that it's always exactly this way. In other words, I can say to you that that the rule is that it's because someone's heart has gone bad. 
But the exception might be a different situation. Maybe it was just sin that entered in, and, and, and because of that sin, he went a different way. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when I say something, it's not that it's always exactly that way. There may be such certain circumstances and situations where it's not exactly like that. And that's going to go for a lot of what I'm going to share with you this evening. Because I can only share with you what God's Word says. That's the final authority. I can share with you my opinion. That means a little bit. But when we want to know what God is really saying or what is the way that a certain thing should be or we should look out for, opinion only means so much. But the Word of God defines what the truth really is. So if you're looking for truth in any subject, be cautious of what you hear that is not Scripture. So the Bible tells us here, beware of false prophets who have come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Now, he wants to warn us and tell us how we're going to know what that looks like. So how are we going to identify them? He says, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So the way that you identify truth or not truth is by fruit. Now, you must understand something that you being in Vero Beach, watching an individual online, probably has no idea what somebody's fruit really is. So you have to do some research. You have to be a little bit of an investigator before you just receive. Are you with me, guys? Now, now you have the Holy Spirit as a teacher, and the Holy Spirit will warn you about things. But you must also be cautious, because the Bible warns us that even the elite will be fooled. And not all of us are elite. That's like, like, who could that be? You know what I mean? The fact is, is that even some of the guys that may seem like the top guys could also be fooled. So we must do what the Bible tells us, and we must look for the fruit. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about that as we go on this evening. The thing about the subject is it's one area where the enemy desires greatly to attack. The enemy wants to bring a divination or a form of divination or false prophecy or false prophetic into the church. And the reason why is because it is so important to God. Man has always responded to the voice of God. Right from the very beginning, God gave instructions and told man what he would do, and he did it by speaking. So we have always been looking to hear what God has to say. And whether you like to believe it or not matters not to me. The Bible tells us that God is still speaking today. In fact, Scripture tells us in Matthew 4.4, and this comes from the Master himself, Jesus. But he answered and said, it is written... 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So God has spoken, but God is also speaking. Now, there are different methods to understand or to hear God's voice, and we will get to that, probably not tonight, but we will get to that in two weeks' time, probably. Now, understanding the power of the Word of God or God's Word or God's voice is so important because many of us look for an experience with God. There's nothing wrong with that when the truth is is that the most powerful thing that you can experience is when God's word actually affects you or comes to you. How many of you want to hear God's voice? Psalm 107, 19 says this, then they cried out to the Lord, watch this, in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. How? He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their distress from the destructions. How did he heal them? He sent his word. When God wants to move on his earth, on, on this earth, he'll send his word. God will speak and he's desiring for his people to hear him speak on an ongoing basis. Yes, the primary way that God, that we clearly see unquestionably God speaking is in the Bible. But God will still speak to men through the Bible and other methods as well. And we'll get to that this, this evening, not even in two weeks, aren't you glad? <laughs> Hearing God's voice and then getting to a place where you can actually speak what God is saying. Is that possible? That we can actually speak what God is saying? And is it something that is relevant and important for us today? And why is it that the enemy so desperately wants to stop that from happening by creating the false? If there's a false, there must be a truth. Otherwise, there would be no reason. Now watch this. In John 16, 13, this is what the Bible says. But when he, the spirit of truth, I'm reading out of the Amplified to give you the Greek, because a lot of the Greek comes out in the Amplified. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, this is the Holy Spirit now, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things, watch this now, that are to come. That will happen in the future. So God is saying that the Holy Spirit will come and speak to you even about future things. The Holy Spirit will come and say things to you that God is wanting to do in the future. And some of those things are not meant to be kept for you alone. But they've been given to you. God shares a secret with you or shows you something about the future so that he can share it with his body, with the church. 
so that he can share it with someone that you love, someone that you care about. Wouldn't that be awesome to hear what God is saying concerning your family? I hear many people say, well, God told me. Well, did he now? Sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. Sometimes we think we did, sometimes we think we did. We, we don't always know for sure. But it would be wonderful to get to a place where you know that you know that you know that God is speaking. Do I believe that you can get to a place where you know that God speaks? Yes, I do. There is no question that there are certain times where you just know that this is God speaking. And it's a powerful thing. And God does it in different ways. And we will teach you on that. One of the things we see clearly in Scripture is that prophecy is something that has existed way back in the Bible. Prophecy is something that God has intended the church to participate in before the church in the Old Testament and then in through the church as well. The Bible has a lot to say about prophecy even in the New Testament. If the Holy Spirit is going to show us things to come, why would he do that? But that we should share them so that the church can benefit from what he's showing us. 1 Thessalonians 5.20, this is not the Old Testament, this is the New Testament. He says, do not despise prophecies. But he follows it up with something so important. And this is where we miss it as the church so often. He says, test all things. In other words, when you receive a prophecy or a word, you need to test it. The first way you test a prophecy is by the word of God, by God's word. God will never contradict his word, ever. So you will not get a new doctrine or a new thing that comes out that isn't in scripture and now you believe that that is what will get you into trouble that's how cults have been formed for example the mormons the mormons simply that's what happened a prophet a prophet was visited by an angel and he wrote a book called the book of mormon he added to scripture are you with me that's not okay but we all know that, okay. He says, test all things, hold fast. What is good? Abstain from every form of evil. But I want you to see that he starts out by telling us here that it's important for us to not despise prophecy, not to despise the prophetic, because the prophetic is extremely powerful. In fact, when Paul teaches on the prophetic, he speaks specifically about prophecy in a way where he teaches the church to desire it greatly. Watch this. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse number one, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. God wants his people to be spiritual. God wants his people not to walk in the flesh, but to walk in the spirit. Not to be led by the flesh, but to be led by the spirit. How many of you know that our God is supernatural? Yes. Come on, if you don't believe he's supernatural, then he can't be God. Yes. So the attributes, the nature, the character of God is one that is supernatural, that precedes anything natural. And he tells us about the gifts of the Spirit. He says, he says I want you to desire spiritual gifts, 
But look at this. He says, but especially that you may prophesy. So he's telling us that prophecy is very important. So yes, there are false prophets. Yes, we have to be cautious. But that doesn't mean we throw the baby out with the bathwater. That doesn't mean we ignore something that's so important that the writer in Corinthians says, listen, I want you to desire spiritual gifts to be spiritual. He says, but especially that you may prophesy. I want you to prophesy. Why? Because prophecy is God speaking. Prophecy is when God still gives somebody a word. When God gives you a picture of something to come. Oh, God doesn't do that. Well, then what does the Holy Spirit do? Show you things to what? It's very quiet in Vero Beach on this Saturday night. What makes, what makes me surprised is when God speaks in Scripture, 99% of the time he'll say something and then explain it. So he's just told us, listen, he says, I want you to design spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now he's adding in something here. We're not going to discuss this tonight. We could, but we're not going to. <laughs> for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now let's get back to prophecy. Because he told us he wants you to prophesy. So now he's going to tell us why. Why prophecy? There's many gifts. But why is it that prophecy is so important? Watch this. He's going to tell us, right? Here he, he says, but he who prophesies, so all the gifts are great and important, but he who prophesies does something. What do they do? They speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. If you want to know what prophecy is here to do, it's to do those three things. In the New Testament church, prophecy in itself, prophecy is there to edify exhort and comfort you. That's the purpose of it because when God speaks to you, what does the Bible say? I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. What kind of thoughts are those? I know the thoughts I think towards you. You're gonna die. I'm gonna kill you. Your children are gonna amount to nothing. That's not how God speaks. If you study the Old Testament prophets, when the Old Testament prophets brought judgment or, or prophesied judgment, it was always when the children of Israel were being disobedient and it was always a warning. Why did they warn that way? To bring the children of Israel back to God. The prophetic will always bring people back to God will always bring people back into relationship with the Lord. It will not be something that will cause you to enter into fear. And it's important that I share this right now because there are many new people in the church and not everybody understands this. That's why if Jesus says you must know them by their fruit, I will not allow people in the church to just randomly prophesy because we first need to know their fruit. Thank you, Pastor Alex, for being responsible. Don't get mad. If you get mad, this is not the church for you. I'm okay with that. I care about the people too much. 
I could tell you things that I've had to do because of false prophecies that have caused me to not sleep. But we'll leave that for another day. So now he says, he says, but he who prophesies, so the purpose of prophecy, he wants you to have all the gifts, he wants you to desire all the gifts, but especially that you'll prophesy. Now he's telling us why. For edification, exhortation, and comfort, what do they mean? Let's break them down. Let's take a look at what prophecy is meant to do in the church. He says, the first thing is edification. The word edification or edify means, it actually is a building term. It means to build or to construct or to build up. So it would be like if you were a building. Prophecy is meant to build you up, to, to complete what God has begun to do in your life. That's what prophecy is. Let's look at the, at the way that it's used somewhere else. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. In other words, if you have a desire to be used by God with gifts, with spiritual gifts, let it be for the purpose of building somebody up, for building the church up. Are you with me? So in other words, when someone gives you a word, one of the things you must look for, is this God's speech? Is this what God would say? I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, to give you a future, to give you a hope. I know the plans I have for you. God will even visit you when you're in the worst place and tell you that you're gonna be somebody amazing because that's how God sees you. Does that mean that he's happy with where you are and what you're doing? No, no. But he knows who you can be. He knows who he's called you to be. So he comes to you to build you up. He comes with to you to tell you what his plans are for you, to give you a glimpse of what's coming, to edify you. Another, another great example, Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do you understand? Do you see it, guys? God's intentions and thoughts towards you are to build you up, to edify you, to give you that future, to give you that hope. That's what prophecy is for. Now I need to put in, remember what I said to you earlier on. There is the rule, but there is sometimes the exception. In other words, when someone operates, perhaps in the office of the prophet, he may give warnings, he may warn about, in the, in the Bible, Agabus warns about a famine that's gonna happen in the New Testament. So there are situations where this happens, but primarily in a service, and especially personal prophecy, when someone receives a word, the majority of the time, God will give you a word to build you up. So when someone comes to you and gives you a negative word, you need to really, really measure whether that word is from God or not. I've given you one thing to look for. Let's look at the next one. Are you guys okay? Okay. 
Wait, actually, before we do this, I need to show you this. This is really important. I forgot about this. Let's go to Ephesians 4.11. Watch this. This is really important. This does not exclude the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is also called to edify. I want you to see this. He tells us, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, one function. For the work of the ministry, what else? For the edifying of the body of Christ. So even the fivefold ministry in their expression, including prophets, will always have a desire to see the church edified, to see the church built up. I do not like it when someone decides a prophet's going to now come in and just going to judge and speak evil and, and break down. I'm, that's not, I just am not for that. And if God is going to give a warning, he must follow it up, and he always does in Scripture with a way out or a, or a form of restoration. Because that's his heart. Go study the Old Testament prophets. They would always do that. Listen, Jonah was so, you think Jonah ran away from God for many different reasons. Jonah ran away from God because he knew that God would show them mercy. And he didn't want to be seen as a false prophet. Did you know that? When Jonah went to Tarshish, he was supposed to go to Nineveh. He went to Tarshish because God told him he must go and judge. So he goes, he finally goes to, to, he finally goes to Nineveh, and when he arrives at Nineveh, he warns them, and then they repent. And then his word looks like it's false. He looks like a false prophet, and he wants to die. Most prophets end up like that eventually. <laughs> For a little while anyway. So I want, you to, I want you to always think of what I'm teaching you this evening. Whenever you follow any kind of ministry, especially ones that have supernatural things in that ministry, always look for these things, edification. The fivefold ministry is meant to edify. Yes, I know they can give warnings. Yes, I know they can be stern. I understand that. But is the purpose, is the heart, is the motivation to see that edification or not? All right, the next thing is to exhort. The word exhort simply means, really, the greatest form or, or, or description of the word exhort would be encouragement. Did you know that God wants to encourage you? When, when you get a prophetic word, a prophecy, that prophecy will be there, yes, to build you up, but also to encourage you. You're not as bad as you think you are. You're bad, but not that bad. God wants to give you some encouragement. He wants to give you some hope. He wants to tell you that it's not all is lost. I remember when I was young, God speaks so perfectly, guys. He knows you right where you're at. And so many times I would feel like it's over. When I was young, especially, I really felt like, you know, because I was like, I had to just be absolutely perfect. And I found out quickly that I couldn't be perfect. Well, actually, it wasn't quickly. It took quite a while. But I remember thinking, you know, God's not going to use me anymore. And someone would come up to me, someone that I trusted, that I knew there was fruit, and they would give me a word and would start out by saying, God is not finished with you, son. 
And that would be it. The rest of the prophecy I wouldn't hear. Because it would just be snot and tears. And, because God knew exactly what I needed to do to hear. What was God doing through that word? Encouraging me. Building me up. That's what he does. Acts 13, 15. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the ruler of the synagogue sent to them saying, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So in other words, listen, if you have anything to share, but it needs to be exhortation. It needs to be something that's gonna encourage the people. God wants to encourage you. Hallelujah. If it's the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, surely God is the opposite. He comes to give life. In other words, when he speaks to us, 99.9% of the time he's going to do so in a way that will strengthen and encourage you. So if you're sitting there and you think that God has just told you that this person's going to die next week, brother, be very careful. Because I don't know who's whispering in your ear. very quiet in Vero Beach this evening. The next one he says is he says comfort. The interesting thing about this word comfort here is that it's only used in this one place in the whole New Testament. So I can't even give you another example of it. But a lot of the commentators agree that what it really means is yes, it means to comfort you, to console you, but it also speaks of strengthening you. So God wants to comfort you. Oftentimes I've seen God give somebody a word or prophesy over somebody and that word will be consoling or comforting, but at the same time, they don't leave there the same way that they did when they arrived there. They leave strengthened. They leave built up. They leave encouraged. Are you with me? This is what prophecy is for in the church. These are the guidelines when he says, listen, I want you to desire all the spiritual gifts, but especially that you can prophesy. Then he says something about tongues, which is important, but then he moves on and says, listen, this is the reason why I'm telling you that prophecy is so important. Because prophecy has the ability to take someone out of the pit and take them back up to the top. Prophecy has the ability for you to hear what God is saying about your life. You know, the Bible says in Corinthians at the end, it says, do all things decently and in order. So all of these things, all spiritual things, actually should be done in an orderly way. That doesn't mean that we can't get excited about God. Of course we can. But God is a God of order. In other words, we do things according to the way He desires them to be done. When we do it our own way, it normally just doesn't work out well. But He also tells us, when He talks about prophecy, he tells us that prophecy, when prophecy and the spirit moves in a church, it says the secrets of the hearts of the people that are in the place will be revealed and they will fall on their face and they will say that God is truly among you and begin to worship the Lord. That's what prophecy has the ability to do. Why would we choose to ignore it or push it out? Because we're not comfortable with it, because we don't understand it. Listen, do you know how many people come to me and say, the Lord told me to tell you? Do you have any idea? Now, there are times where someone will say something and I'll take note. 
But there are many times we don't even, once I'm at the door, I can't remember it anymore. Because I can immediately judge it. Just like that. There are times I'll be cautious. But I will not allow a word from Satan to cause me to become defiled. I will be very careful when they come and tell you how great you are. Because that's exactly what the woman did with Paul and Silas. These are great men of the Most High, leading the way to salvation. And the Bible says, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned around and said to her, come out of her. And the Bible says that demon left that very hour, I think, something like that. But it left. The point is, is that he wasn't going to allow that word, as nice as it sounded, to defile him. There are so many Christians that are not experiencing breakthrough because they have been defiled by a a word that does not come from God. They've allowed themselves to receive something in their heart that doesn't come from him. That doesn't mean now that we must ignore everything on every word that comes. No, you, you must be open to hear what God has to say. But make sure you know the fruit of the person giving you the word. Know the fruit. Amen. I have had, I'm not exaggerating. I don't want to say thousands, but I'd probably say, it probably maybe a thousand. I don't know how many prophecies from many people. I have about five that truly have impacted my life so powerfully that I even listen to them today. I've had words from people over the years that I needed so desperately that were not like those words, but man, they were important to me. One word where a lady told me I was going to come to America. I think that was a good word, because <laughs> here I am, you know. When I left the ministry for a period of time, I was saying to the Lord the whole time, Lord, and I feel like I'm, I've lost, I've missed out. All my peers are just, they're flying and they're doing so well. And like, they're just so anointed and they know the word so well. And I've forgotten everything. And I went to this conference and this lady comes up to me and says, the Lord wants you to know that you've lost nothing. This little lady, there were prophets in the room that were so anointed that said nothing like she said. She knew exactly what God wanted to tell me. She knew exactly, well, the Lord knew exactly what I needed to hear. Never mind all the other stuff. They even took me out for lunch, the prophets. It was wonderful. I'm thankful. But that lady's word that was from heaven, it impacted my heart so greatly. And I can honestly tell you that it was that word that caused me to once again pursue the ministry. That little word. Amen. So don't, don't despise prophecy because of some people that have messed it up. Be cautious, church, of parking lot prophets that stand at the door waiting to give you a word. Do, why don't they want to do it the right way? There is a right way. There is a protocol. I'm not saying that our way is the best way, but it's the way we do it for a reason. And when you become a leader and we see your fruit, then we will help you. Even if you make a mistake, we'll correct you, but we'll help you. Are you with me? 
Because the prophetic, you'll never be perfect. What's important, though, when it comes to the prophetic, is your heart. Because false prophets have become defiled in their hearts. Okay, let's go on. Otherwise, we'll, gee whiz, we're going to be here for long tonight. <laughs> Hope you don't have plans. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you see, what we don't understand is the power of the word. A power that, uh, the power of a word that someone can give you. We always look for miracles, but underestimate the power of a spoken word, a word that comes from heaven. There is, a, there is a beautiful story in the Bible. Matthew 8, verse 5. Let's quickly go there. When Jesus' ministry was on the earth, so many people wanted to be healed by him, wanted him to come to them. But there was one man that just wanted him to speak a word. Matthew 8, verse 5 says, And when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. If you want a breakthrough, if you want an encounter, just just hear from God, guys. Whether it be at home in your Bible, whether it be seeking Him in prayer, whether it be a prophetic word, when God speaks to you, it has the potential to touch your life so powerfully. We read this and think, oh, well, he's a general. He understands this. Yes, he understood this. This is intense for him to just believe that if Jesus just speaks, if Jesus just says it will be done, he understands that God is going to heal him. Because perhaps he's read the scriptures. Perhaps he knows a little bit about what's happened in the Bible. When God speaks, things happen. He says, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Everybody look at me. Why am I reading this to you? Because I need you to understand something. Oftentimes, people receive a word from God. It doesn't work out the way they want it to. Not always, please hear me out, not always. But sometimes when God speaks, we don't obey. Or we don't have faith in what God is saying and we don't see it come to pass. When we are disobedient or do not follow through with what God has said, we cannot be upset that it hasn't come to pass. There's most definitely warnings to those who prophesy in Scripture that prophesy falsely. But there are also times where prophecies don't come to pass and it has nothing to do with the prophet. Look at Jonah. When, 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 Hezekiah, when Hezekiah was dying, King Hezekiah, the prophet went to him and told him he was going to die. Before he left the courtyard, God changed his mind. So there are certain things where God will move in a certain way. But the majority of the time when a prophecy isn't met or fulfilled the way we expect it to, it has very little to do with God and everything to do with our response to that word. This man had faith and believed that if God would speak, if Jesus would speak, that it would happen. And so if you go down to verse 13, it says, Then Jesus 
said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, everyone say believed. So let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. That same hour. Look, look at this. Revelation 3 verse 20. What does it say? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, there's the first condition. Here's the second, and opens the door. Second condition, hear the voice, open the door. I will come into him and dine with him and be with, and he will be with me. Listen to me, this is not to unbelievers. This is to the church. This is one of the letters to the church. He's telling you, listen, if you, if you will hear his voice, if you will listen to his voice, when his voice comes, whether it be in the word, whether it be come through prophecy, prophecy is one method that we're talking about this evening. If that word is from God and you open your heart to that word and you've judged it and you feel it's the Lord and you, you, the Holy Spirit confirms it in your spirit, now you begin to open that door and you begin to dine with God and you begin to follow through with what he said. It will happen. It will happen. Amen. You see, the primary reason why prophecy or, or seeing God's word not fulfilled in someone's life is because of unbelief. Matthew 4.23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. This is what Jesus did. This was happening everywhere. Then in Matthew 13.58 it says, Now, he did not do many mighty works there. This is in his own city. Because of what? Because of their unbelief. So we see that when there's unbelief or no faith in what God is saying, you will not see the miracles. You will not see the breakthrough. Are you with me, guys? This we see so clearly in Scripture with the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Take a look at this. Exodus 3, verse 16. Watch what the Bible says. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, this is the promise, the Lord, your, the Lord God of your fathers and God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the afflictions of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. There's the word. That's the word. Listen, this was not God speaking. This was Moses speaking from God. What's he doing? He's prophesying. He's giving them a word that God has said. Will this word come to pass? Yes, it will. Unless. Numbers 26, 65, to the same generation. For the Lord had said to them, they shall surely die in the wilderness. So there was not left a man of them except Caleb and the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. That whole generation that was given that promise 
did not enter into that promise. Why? Because they did not obey God. Did the word still achieve what it was sent out to do? Yes, the whole next generation went in. So God's word will still come to pass in a different way or through different people. It will still achieve what it was being sent out to do. But those who that word was given to did not see it fulfilled. This morning when I was listening to my prophecies, I was listening to them and I was listening for the conditions. And there were several in them. And it really put the fear of God in me because I began to check myself. Am I doing what was given to me as conditions? The first condition is to believe. The second condition is to obey. Are you with me? Amen. The Bible has something to say about this in the book of Hebrews. Let's go and have a look at it. He says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Hebrews 4.2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. This is the children of Israel. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse number six. Let's go to verse number six. Hebrews 4.6. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those whom it was first preached did not enter, because of what? Again, he designates a certain day, saying, saying, in David today, after such a long time, as it has been said today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken, to an, of, of, spoken of another day. In other words, there were even more promises that were, that, that, were given, that were given, and because of disobedience, they did not receive them. Verse number nine says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> that means that you and I, if we obey his voice, if we do what he says, we will walk into his promises. We read these things and we don't realize that, that a lot of these commands that were given were given prophetically. Now Jesus says, be aware, watch out for false stuff. He shows you the conditions of the words. When I read you the promise in the beginning, did it sound bad at all? No. He didn't tell them that they were going to all fail. But they did. Why? Because they had a choice. And so it is with us as well. But church, I want to, I want to teach you and teach you tonight. First of all, to desire to be used prophetically. There's nothing wrong with desiring to receive a word. But God actually wants you to desire to be used prophetically because then you'll have the ability to edify, exhort, and comfort people. It's an amazing thing. Primarily for the church, the Bible teaches us that. That doesn't mean you can't give a word to someone that's not a believer. They just won't understand it the way that the church does. Even, unbelie even believers that don't believe in the, prof in the prophetic don't really do well with it. Amen. I call them the uninformed. The Bible speaks about them in 
Corinthians 14 as well. They haven't been, they don't understand it. They're uninformed. Are you with me? And then at the same time, I want to teach you to judge cautiously when someone comes to you. Don't be mean to the individual, but don't receive what they say to you if you if you don't know the fruit of the individual. Here at Oceans, the leaders all have badges. If someone comes to you to give you a word that doesn't have a badge that you don't know, don't let them do it. Unless you know them. I won't let you come to me. The third or fourth week after we planted the church downtown Vera Beach, someone came up to me. It might have been the second service. Some guy came up to me at the front. I was standing sort of where Hannah's sitting. And he came up to me and he said, I have a word from the Lord for the church. And the worship's going on. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And all I could hear was, do you know his fruit? So I kindly said to him, sir, not right now. Never saw him or heard from him again. Because I wasn't going to just let him go up there and give a word. I, I can assure you in scripture, they didn't just let random people get up there and give words. No way. People get upset because, you know, they arrive in a church if you arrive in a church and you think that you're going to storm to the front and tell everybody what God says, brother, you don't know your Bible at all. Amen. You, you're totally out of order. You're being disobedient to Scripture. No one in that place knows who you are or your fruit. Don't get mad. Some of you are mad. Oh, I can see you mad. <laughs> Jesus loves you. <laughs> Amen. So do I. But you're wrong. Do you know what makes my heart break? Is here at Oceans and many churches all across the world, we have, we have experienced God's supernatural power, the gifts of the Spirit, healings and miracles and prophecy and all of that stuff. By the grace of God, we have been blessed to experience it. But it's so much of this type of church that has caused so many to not desire these things because of their misuse and their out-of-order behavior. And I truly believe that God is desiring greatly to change that. So the church that, like ours, I'm not gonna name them, this is not important, must learn to do it God's way. Can, can something spectacular happen that is maybe a little different? Yes, sure. But ultimately, it will always bring people back to God. That will be the desire. Amen? Amen. All right. Come here, Josh. Come here, young man. Let me share a secret with you. Can I get a mint, please? Young man, the hand of the Lord is upon your life. And there have been times in your life where you have cried out with such desperation, almost to the point of death multiple times, not once, multiple times. And God has, has preserved you 
through every single, I even see like dark alleys, like even like dark alleys in these dark places that you've been, God's provision has been there. And even you don't know how you've survived, but God has brought you through every moment. And the reason why is because there is such a call of God on your life, young man. It is undeniable, unquestionable, and I don't care what anybody has ever told you. Because tonight in this place, there is one thing that you can be assured of, that you have been chosen, that you have been set apart, that you have been called by God. And young man, don't think that you are just here to clean this church. God has called you to preach the gospel. God has called you to prophesy. God has called you to lay hands on the sick and you will see them recover. But listen, for you are now in a season where God is restoring a lot of the broken parts of your heart. For I see how your heart has been broken and you've been disappointed so many times, Josh. But through all of those things, you have had such a desire to please God and serve God. Not, not always, but when you began to follow Him, you began to pursue Him desperately. And you've said to the Lord, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll do whatever you want. I don't care whether it is cleaning the toilets or, I don't know if you said that, but basically anything, anything that it takes, you don't need to preach. You don't need to do any of that stuff. You just will serve in any capacity. And then whatever you want, Lord, I'll, I'll do it. Whatever you want. And I want you to know that it's because you have a humble disposition, a humble heart before him, that he will take you and he will raise you up, son. He will raise you up. Even in this house, you will be raised up. You will be raised up for you will go through a season of maturing and you will go through a season of growth and you will grow in the word and the knowledge of the word and you will learn to rightly divide the word of truth. Like Paul taught Timothy and encouraged Timothy and said to him that he wanted to impart some spiritual gifts to him. Son, even in this night, in this place tonight, you will be, you will be, you will be imparted with, with gifts and, and with things. Your eyes will go open tonight like never before for you've heard and seen and understood things and you've been like just so hungry for all of it. You just take it all in. But now God's gonna give you the ability to begin to divide. You're gonna begin to see clearer, more clearer, more clearer than ever before. And then in the future, in the days that lie ahead, you will begin to be used and God will use you powerfully and God will use you mightily. Understand this, that this is your future. These are the things that God will do in and through you. And, and, and God's thoughts towards you, Josh, they are so good. Good. They are so good. His plans for you, they are so good. And your whole past and all the things that went wrong and the darkness and all that stuff has been wiped away like it never ever existed. But these things you already know. This you already know. For even this word that I'm giving you has already been in your heart. As you've sought the Lord, as you've cried out to, the God, to God, it's like you were able to see it but weren't sure because you didn't know if it was just your imagination. Well, I'm here to tell you this evening that it was not your imagination, that you are called, young man. You are called. God is going to use you so powerfully. He's going to use you so mightily. You will inspire and touch lives. You will touch young people and then you will touch old people. You will encourage them, strengthen them. You will raise them up. You will cause many, many,
many to come to salvation. You will cause many to break with addictions. You will cause many to enter into the light in the days that lie ahead. Know that this is your portion. And know this, Josh, know this, that you made the right decision. You made the right choice. And now you will enter into joy. And you will enter into rest. And you won't have to struggle anymore. You won't have to struggle anymore, young men. You won't have to struggle. Father, I pray tonight that everything that you've already put in his heart, God, the secrets, the mysteries, Father, everything that you have ordained for this young man, that he would enter into it this evening, that he would begin the process of the calling that you have for him. And as I lay my hands on him, Lord, open his eyes, that he will begin to see and hear and understand. Open his eyes, and I pray, God, that you will give him, Holy Spirit, as you desire, as you will, and as you need, the gifts of the Spirit will be released to him, and he will use them with wisdom, and he will use them with with, with wisdom and knowledge and authority in the name of Jesus. Now, receive it, young man. In the name of Jesus. 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 The yoke is broken. The burden is lifted. In the name of Jesus. Now you know what the direction of your life is. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Take a seat. I want to tell you something. If he thinks tomorrow morning he's going to wake up and be a pastor, he's dreaming. He's going to have to seek the Lord. He's going to have to sort his heart out. He's going to have to deal with wonderful church people. <laughs> He's going to get hurt. He's going to have to deal with that. He's going to be let down. He's going to have to deal with that. He's going to have seasons where he doesn't hear God. He's going to have to deal with that. And then one day he will step forward. And God will use him powerfully. That's how it works. Oh, I am so excited about what God is doing. And I want to encourage you. And next week, I'm going to teach you how to hear God's voice. No, not next week, the week after next. I'm going to teach you how to hear God's voice. There are several ways that are, that are, easy, are easy to hear God's voice. Listen to me. When you, start, when you start out feeling like God is speaking to you, don't go up and say, God says. You haven't learned yet. Tell the person, listen, this is what I feel like God is saying, but I might be wrong. You don't need to be. <laughs> the weight of those words will be judged. And be responsible, guys. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, only the beginning of wisdom. I desire for each and every one of you to hear God's voice, not only for yourself, but God has a desire that you will hear his voice so that you can help others as well. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, tonight in this place, we, Lord, your presence is here. You're so good, Lord. 
Holy Spirit, we are so thankful that you are here still speaking today. Like you told Jesus or like Jesus spoke that you would show us things to come, that you would not speak on your own authority, but you would say what he says. You would show us what he says. You would teach us what he says. And you are still speaking today. Everything will be judged by your word, Father, for that's the only thing that will never fail. So I pray tonight in this place, if anyone has ever been hurt from the prophetic, that they will find healing tonight. If anyone is sensing that, that there, there is maybe that gifting in their life, Lord, that they would use wisdom moving forward in it. And let those that are strong in it help them to develop and, and encourage and strengthen them in the process. You have an order. You have, you have a way that things are supposed to be done. And I pray, Lord, that the church as a whole, not only here at Oceans, but throughout the, the nations of this world, would begin to be sensitive. For, Father, did you not say at the, in Corinthians, before we even got to the gifts, that, listen, you can make all kinds of noises. You can be a, a banging cymbal and a trumpet and all that stuff. But if you have not love, you have nothing. If we don't worry about all those that maybe have not entered into the privileged things that we have seen and experienced, because of our own selfish ambition and desires, we've missed it, Lord. So I pray, God, that you would put in our hearts love, love, Lord, for, for you first and then for one another. I thank you for these people, Lord, and I pray that this word will strengthen and encourage them and that they will not leave here anything but, but edified and exhorted and comforted from this word tonight. Father, that you will cause each and every one of us to, to desire more of you. We love you, we honor you, and we worship you. Thank you for what you've done in this place tonight. And like always, all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen.